Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni. And I'm Taffer Ajenian. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all. There's There's no no such such thing thing as as bad food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We'd like to encourage you, no matter where you are in the world, to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So speaking of things that are indigenous to the land on which we live, <laughs> we're taking a trip back to Corn Town today, baby. Corn Town, baby. This is it. This is the Corn Hub, and we are here to give you the juicy corn content that you've all been waiting for. Oh boy. Oh boy. Now uh, we're not just talking strictly corn today. We're talking about a use of corn that I am a big fan of that we used this day. In fact, in our very own home, and that is cornbread. So we did recently do an episode about pumpkin bread. Cornbread is another quick bread, just like pumpkin bread. Uh, But rather than being on the sweet end of the spectrum, it's closer to the savory side of things. It's made with cornmeal, Mm -hmm. which is, of course, a product made by refining corn Mm. into... You know, I mean, it's really just made by grinding corn. Like, yeah. I feel like refining is like a little, a little, a little much. It's, it's a little too industrial. Just ground yeah. dried corn. <laughs> that is what cornmeal is. It is ground dried corn. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. refining is generous. It's yeah. it's just ground corn. It's been in use for thousands of years here in the New World. Corn was first domesticated in Mexico about 6,000 years ago, and cornmeal especially caught on with enslaved African people in the southern colonies after American colonization in the 17th and 18th centuries. Uh, It made its way back to West Africa and Europe during the transatlantic slave trade, and cornmeal became a major staple on that entire side of the ocean as a result. It even reaches as far as Italy, where it exists mostly in the form of polenta, which is uh, a less solid preparation than the one that we're talking about today. Less solid. Well, what? Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Have we not talked about polenta yet? We haven't really done we've, an episode we've on put that in the. We've got to put that in the queue. we got to get there. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so cornbread is, uh, as we said before, it is a bread. It is made of corn. It is exactly what you think it's going to be, and so much more. Thank you for listening to No Bad Food. <laughs> Let's define cornbread real quick. It is one part corn, one part bread. The end. Please support us on Patreon. Oof. Just love a quick, tight episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But when we talk about cornbread, there's a few different varieties of thing that we could be talking about, right? There's the baked cornbread, like what we made tonight, that is Mm -hmm. fluffy and thick and delicious. Mm -hmm. You can have it skillet fried or pan fried. What? Yeah, yeah, like a fry bread kind of situation. Oh, I mean, I've made it in a skillet, but I've never just fried it. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it rises less. You know, it becomes it's it's more dense. Okay. Um, But this would be a skillet with a cover, like cowboy cornbread. Uh, either way. Okay. Dealer's choice. Uh, You could even argue that a corn tortilla is kind of a cornbread. No, I won't go that far. To a certain extent. Okay, fair, fair. Uh, And then, of course, there are hush puppies, which are cornbread, except instead of baking them or frying them, you deep fry them. Yeah. So you take your cornbread batter and you 
pop it in some oil and it fries into a nice little ball. I mean, I think the key here is that if you mix cornmeal with liquid and perhaps a leavener, um, there's no end to the places you can go. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty versatile like mm-hmm. that. Um, so yeah, let's talk about cornbread in the, you know, cornbreadiest sense of it, the quick breadiest sense of it, the way that you made it tonight. Tell okay. me your secrets. My secret. Oh, do you think I should tell the people my secrets? Tell the people your secrets because it was really yummy. It was really yummy cornbread. I love cornbread. I've been making cornbread for a very long time. It's probably one of the first things I baked. I was really into, as many people were, the Little House on the Prairie books. The books, not the TV show, Distinction. As a child, and they eat a lot of cornbread, Mm. which they make on a spider over the fire a lot of the time. What? A spider is a cool, nifty little contraption, which is a cast iron skillet on legs. So you can put it over the coals of the fire and then it has a lid. So it's essentially a little portable oven. Oh. Yeah. It was often, like you said, like cornbread became very popular among the uh, enslaved people, among lower classes, because cornmeal was much more readily available Mm. in the colonies um, than white flour, because there wasn't really a flour industry Mm. yet. So mostly wheat flour was coming from across the ocean. Right. cornmeal was being made locally right yeah um so So it was was way cheaper (laughs) way 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 cheaper way more readily available Mm -hmm. uh and also a little less likely to go rancid or even to have like weevils and bugs in it Mm. because it would be fresher right 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 so uh when you have people moving westward in the manifest destiny westward expansion that's happening Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. displacing the indigenous peoples because the government just decided to give people land that wasn't theirs to give sounds familiar uh, which is what's happening in the laura ingalls wilder books is that is what her parents are doing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but anyway the people going out westward were usually not wealthy that was usually why they were going westward uh because they couldn't get land where they were mm-hmm. so yes so cornbread something that's easily prepared over a fire like we said before doesn't take too long to prepare right is very popular in common lay people cooking you also have probably heard about like cowboys eating cornbread there's also people will call it cowboy cornbread when you bake it in a skillet now a lot of the time the cornbread that's being made on the road so like the cowboys or the pioneers or whatever it's not the fluffy light lovely cornbread that we know and love right because when you're traveling that now maybe cowboys would have dairy products because maybe when they go back to the ranch they'll have some dairy but for a lot of the time they're out herding the cows for like weeks at a time right sure, yeah so mostly it would be cornmeal and water yeah. just mixed and cooked that it's not super flavorful it's not super fluffy it's really you know it it helps you survive and so it would often be served with molasses or honey to sweeten it which I still love cornbread and molasses sure. actually it's really yeah. delicious sounds really nice but anyway that's I had this sort of like very romantic view of <laughs> cornbread as a kid and like my sister and I would dress up in little prairie dresses and bonnets and like make cornbread and have cornbread and molasses and we'd put it in a bucket and walk around the house to pretend we were walking to the schoolhouse I was homeschooled so the first cornbread I probably made would have been out of moosewood. Uh, the moosewood cookbook has a cornbread recipe that's pretty good. But as I got older and I started to realize that the hippie cooking that I had grown up with was not necessarily the best food possible and I started really wanting to make it better, sure. I started exploring. This was around the time that, that cooking blogs were a thing so I could mm-hmm. actually look things up. Right. 
I did a lot of Epicurious. Sure, sure. Uh, and a then, classic. of course, as we've talked about before, Smitten Kitchen, Kitchen came into my life like a ray of sunlight. <laughs> so I've been baking cornbread for mm, 20 years, I'm going to say. Jeez. At least. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably longer. Probably more like 25 years, actually. You're old. Shut up. <laughs> And so over the years, I have I have developed some little tips and tricks. Sure, yeah. So first of all, like a standard basic cornbread recipe, like you can't really mess it up. It's hard to mess up. There's sort of two varieties of cornbread. There's like mm-hmm. the sweet, fluffy kind that we have a lot of the time. Um, and then there's one that's a little more savory, less sweet. Um, they're both good in their own right. I actually found the one that I made tonight a little too sweet. I would probably cut down on the sugar next time. Sure. But it was a recipe I hadn't used before. Uh, Because I like the sweetness of the corn to shine. I think that's like the really beautiful thing about cornbread is getting that that beautiful, wholesome sweetness of the grain. And when you put in too much sugar, it's sweet and it's yummy, but it's not as corny. And you really want it to be corny. Right. Yeah. I like to use coarse cornmeal for cornbread. You can use fine cornmeal, but I find coarse just gives it that texture that you want. Yeah. You know, like with fine cornmeal, that would be more like if you have a corn muffin or something where it tastes like corn, but it doesn't really feel like corn. Mm. Um, But I feel like for cornbread, you want it to feel a little bit like you've been traveling in a horse drawn wagon to go displace some people. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like the the. The appeal of cornbread texturally is in that kind of extra crunch and like chew that it has to it, right? Exactly. And you don't really get that from a fine ground cornmeal. Exactly. So a few little keys that I will always do. One, we've talked about butter versus oil. The recipe Mm. I used tonight used half butter, half oil. I actually think it was a beautiful balance. It was nice, yeah. Yeah, it was really, really good. Because the other thing with cornmeal is you don't want it to fall apart too much. Mm -hmm. And actually butter providing a little stability to it is good, is helpful. Sure. Had a lot of eggs. Eggs are really nice in cornbread. You Mm -hmm. can make cornbread without eggs. You can make cornbread with just cornmeal and water and salt like you can do that and it will be something and it will be edible if you're doing that i really suggest like soaking the cornmeal first to Mm. soften it you know it it will cook up fine sure and it'll still taste pretty good by virtue of just being cornmeal exactly exactly but i get a little fancier with it so the recipe i used tonight did not call for buttermilk but i used buttermilk as Mm. the liquid sure buttermilk and baking powder together just produce an alchemy that is absolutely beautiful when you use buttermilk and baking powder in a baked good you will see that it is foaming before you even put it in the oven Mm. like it just poofs up that's why buttermilk pancakes are the best pancakes as well if you want to get the fluffiest pancakes you use buttermilk sure um because the acidity and the buttermilk reacts with the basic nature of the baking powder and makes bubbles okay and bubbles are what make your baking go phew. sure yeah yeah. well that's it because you're the the cornbread tonight was like fluffy so fluffy. it was really nice and fluffy so beautiful i didn't and see it before you baked it so i have no idea how thick it was oh, before it was you baked it, it was fluffy before i baked it fair it was enough beautiful yeah. it was absolutely beautiful it's like almost foamy like sure it's gorgeous now one thing we didn't do tonight that i kind of wish we had done in retrospect is uh stolen kyle's thing and put whole corn niblets in it Oh, yeah. Because that was real nice. I don't uh, think we have whole corn niblets right now. We had. Okay. I put them all in the chili. So there you go. If That's I had thought about it in advance, I wouldn't have done that, and I would yeah. have saved them for the cornbread. But I also think that those were slightly crushed corn niblets. I think they weren't totally mm. full. I think they were like, I would believe that there's like a semi-pureed corn thing going on there. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. However... 
Like I said, I used a pretty basic recipe I found online, but here are my few tricks. Replacing the liquid with buttermilk. Mm. And the other one is, so I like very rarely follow recipes instructions <laughs> to a tea. Sure. Because like I said, I have been baking independently for about 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And I, over the years, have figured out my own techniques. With cornbread, here's what I did. Here's what the recipe told me to do. The recipe told me to mix your wet ingredients and your dry ingredients and then mix them together. Classic. It's like a totally fine classic baking thing that people do. I pretty much never do that anymore simply because I am lazy and I don't like to dirty two bowls. I, however, did dirty two bowls tonight. Well, I dirtied a large quart-sized measuring cup in a bowl. Sure. Technically only one bowl. I mixed the cornmeal first with buttermilk and I set that aside and I let that soak for a few minutes. Not a ton of time. You can do that like ahead of time. You can do that like overnight if you feel like it. Mm -hmm. It'll make it like really tender and it'll really bring out the corn flavor. I just did it for a few minutes, but I like to have the pure cornmeal before it's mixed with anything else hit liquid Mm. uh, so that it can hydrate nicely. Sure. This is a thing you can do with pretty much any quick bread or muffin batter. If you can leave it to sit for like 10, 15 minutes before you bake it, mm. um, you're going to get the most moist result mm. because it gives time for the flour to hydrate before it bakes. Sure, yeah. Um, but with cornmeal, because it's coarser, I find it's especially important to give it a little extra time to hydrate mm. um, just to get your ideal texture. Sure. So I left it for maybe 10 minutes. Mix together the dry ingredients. Mix the wet ingredients just directly into the corn and buttermilk and then like mixed it together and you could see already it was like foaming and gorgeous, poured it into the pan, baked it. Um, It's really quick. It's really easy. But yeah, my biggest tip would be buttermilk and like hydrate your cornmeal sure. ahead of time. And it's just so beautiful. A thing that, that also can be done if you want to like, if you want to experiment and feel just a little bit fancier, you can use a mix of fine and coarse cornmeal. You know, just to give yourself a little extra texture variety. Yeah, absolutely. A thing that we got to eat a couple of weeks ago at our buddy Kyle's restaurant was uh, a grilled cornbread. Ugh. So he had made the cornbread already yeah. with the aforementioned kernels inside it and then just give it a quick sear yeah. on the grill. Yeah. Uh, so it's got those nice like char lines on yeah, it. Yeah, right? I think it maybe had some butter brushed on <sighs> it too. Beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. Cornmeal loves butter. Cornmeal I mean, cornbread. Loves lo- cornmeal loves butter. Cornbread loves butter. I love um, butter. You love butter. Everyone loves butter. Everyone loves butter. I guess some people don't love butter, but sure. I love butter. You can put jalapenos in it if you want to. Yeah, that that's a really good important point actually is that add-ins with mm. cornbread. You can add cheese, you can add oh, jalapenos. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You can add corn niblets. You can add blueberries. Make sure. yourself some blueberry cornbread. It Weird, is lovely. Okay. No, I'm it's so it. good. Yeah. It's so good. Okay. Blueberry corn muffins, man. Sure. You really like corn is so forgiving and lovely. It's corn. It's you know? got the juice. I'm just throwing back to that episode with with Julian McKenzie. Yeah, it's really lovely and forgiving and mm. and you can put stuff in it and you can put stuff on it. One of my favorite ways to eat cornbread, mm. I could not eat gluten for a period of about 10 years. Yeah. Um, and so during this period, I made a lot of cornbread because cornbread is one of those things that works well gluten-free. Yeah. I think I've talked about this sandwich before. You take cornbread, you cut it open, and you add a layer of cheddar cheese, a thinly sliced layer of cheddar cheese, a sharp cheddar, and then you add a slice of tomato and some thinly sliced sweet onion and then another layer of cheddar cheese and then you Mm. broil that. Um, And that is a top tier sandwich. It is so good. Sounds really good. Yeah. 
You've definitely mentioned that one before because oh as God, soon as you so started good. saying it, I was like, I feel like I know where this yeah, is going. It's so good. Okay, speaking of delicious sandwiches, we're going to take you to the delicious middle part of our podcast sandwich, the mid-roll, where we ask you to give us money. Did you know that this show is all just bread and Ooh. the meat of it is that we want your money? Ooh, baby. Welcome to the meaty mid-roll. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of November, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. So by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating or review of this show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. That's like a lot of cornmeal, frankly. Yeah, $6 of cornmeal is a lot of cornmeal. Yeah. That could like that could probably keep a cowboy going for a while. That could keep Ennis and Jack going for a while. That could help Fievel go west. There's literally Especially Fievel cuz he's a mouse. Like I don't think the mice yeah. could carry $6 worth of cornbread. No. No, they That'd would need crazy. to ask like the crows for help. They need to get that cat guy that hangs yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. cat could probably handle it. Yeah. He'd have to be like hooked up to a little wagon. Mm-hmm. Imagine a little cat pulling a little wagon. I really want meal. a cat. Oh my god. I want, I want cornmeal and a wagon. And a cat. A little wagon full of cat meal. If there's literally <gasps> no other way to turn zero into six. <laughs> so if that math is exciting for you, go do it. If we ever get a little ginger cat, though, we should name him Cornmeal. Okay. That's a really good name for a ginger cat. That's a good name for a cat. You can read all about what the depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. And hey, when you leave your rating and review, tell us what you would name your cat or <gasps> how you like your cornmeal. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to our sweet, sweet cornbread, the monthly newsletter, the No Bad Food Recipe Club, where each month we'll post new recipes for you to try out and share with your friends and family. If you aren't already a member of our Patreon, what are you even doing? What's your problem? Go join up at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod today. Indeed, indeed, indeed. One last thing here in the mid-roll, and that is that one week from the day this episode drops, November 20th from 5 to 7 p.m., I will be hosting a workshop at the Community Digital Arts Hub here in Montreal, where you can learn some podcasting things from me. You can join me, Tom Zalat, and I, host of No Bad Food, this podcast you're listening to currently, uh, for a workshop where I will help you take your podcasting ideas into the studio to get hands-on experience with attention on content planning and marketing strategies. Strategi- I'm trying to read my, the own, my own copy that I wrote for this, and I'm fumbling because I'm tired. Listen, it's going to be a workshop where you come with your podcast ideas, and I help you flesh it out into something real and good. And let me tell you guys, Tom is very good at this. I'm good at this. Like, I have done this with Tom several times. If you ever listened to the Yeah podcast, that podcast exists largely because Tom went through that process with me and with Bailey. This is one that, like, if you're at all interested, uh, really, really worth going to. Yeah, come to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's in person, so if you're not in Montreal, you can't come to it. And for that, I am deeply, deeply but sorry. you can always hit Tom up for... You can give Tom money to talk about it. It's if true. If you're not in Montreal. We can just do this uh, over Zoom sometime, one-on-one. Yeah. It's true. Uh, it's a $30 workshop. It will be well worth it. And uh, I hope to see you there. You can hit the link in the description of this episode to register for it also, just to make your life easier. Okay, so we're back, folks. We're back from the tasty midsection of the sandwich here to the other chunk of cornbread. We're ready to to slurp it up with you. Let's talk about my chunky midsection. Let's talk about your chunky midsection. (laughs) So we've talked a bunch about, you know, cornbread, how-to cornbread, 
tips for eating your cornbread and making your cornbread as good as hell. What are some things you can eat with cornbread, right? Because you're not going to just eat cornbread on its own, probably. Speak for yourself. Well, okay, but I mean, like, it's not a meal, right? Like, you can have it as an appy. Once again, (laughs) speak for yourself. Listen, I don't remember the exact details, so don't quote me on this, but there was a period of time where they just really tried to eat too much corn in Italy after it first got there and uh it like ruined their diets for a while and like a lot of people died because the corn wasn't quite right so like don't just eat cornbread you gotta eat something else with it so pine, what, pine, what are we pine, gonna eat pine. with the cornbread i'm I giving mean, you a second half prompt here i mean chili obviously yeah, that's what we did tonight one. chili is the thing you eat with cornbread this goes back to cowboys right like the cowboys ate beans and cornbread and if it's good enough once again for ennis and jack it should be good enough for you yeah yeah do you get you don't get that reference? No, do you? of course not. That's Brokeback Mountain. We got to watch it. Oh, they just eat a lot of beans, which is really bold considering that it is a gay love movie. Like, can you imagine like like your your retreats with your gay lover? You're also just eating canned beans the whole time. Look, fortune favors the bold. That's true. All right. I mean, theirs was a lasting love, so that's it. Forged in a furnace of beans. <laughs> yeah. So chili. <laughs> You know, it's funny. There are people who would argue that you shouldn't put beans in chili. Um, But all of those people, we've talked about this. Why would you say this? Are you trying to get me going? I'm trying to make I'm trying Are you to get trying you to make me talk about Cincinnati chili again? <laughs> <laughs> like, because as far as I'm concerned, Cincinnati should just be nuked for that. Like, wow. I mean, not the people in it. Too I soon. Just, like, <laughs> when was Cincinnati last nuked? Oh, boy. Or is this Erasing a, history, is this are we? just a genocide thing? Wow. I don't know what's happening. You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. Teffer calling for the complete and total destruction of Cincinnati. Okay, no, I don't think Cincinnati should be destroyed, but I think whoever wow. developed Cincinnati chili should be punished. Sure sounded like you wanted Cincinnati to be destroyed like 30 seconds ago. Let's play the clip. As far as I'm concerned, Cincinnati should just be nuked. That's damning, folks. That's damning. Uh, all right. So libel against Cincinnati chili aside. Uh, That's not libel. It's common sense. Wow, wow, wow. There's one bad food. There's 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 word crimes and hate crimes happening on this show tonight, folks, and they're all Teffer's fault. Um what else is a good thing to eat your cornbread with? Because I think chili is the obvious one. Yeah, ch- <laughs> Chili's real good with it. You could do like a nice corn. <laughs> I meant to say soup. <laughs> you were just saying don't eat chili. Corn, and then you're like, you know, it's good with cornbread. Polenta. <laughs> I just love to scoop up my polenta on a piece of cornbread. Here we go. Here we go. You got your polenta base. You got your cornbread on the side, and then a beautiful, a beautiful corn cob resting right on top. That's all you need. <laughs> no, okay. Um, soup. You could eat it with some soup. You could eat it with soup. It's nice with minestrone, even though Ooh. I feel like I would get kicked out of Italy to say that, but. That's okay. It's good with minestrone. And tomato soup. Tomato soup. That's kind of the one that yeah. I was thinking, honestly, is like a nice tomato soup. Feels like it'd be really good with cornbread. that. Yeah. Oh, what isn't cornbread good with, honestly? like Cereal. Breakfast cereal. Are you kidding me? That sounds great. Do you want to you eat a bowl of Fruit Loops with some cornbread? Sure. Soak it up. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it tomorrow. Watch you're, me. You're on your own. I think crumbled up cornbread on a salad could be nice. Yeah, absolutely. Cornbread croutons. 
Ooh, cornbread croutons. I'm into it. Yep, yep, yep. It's really nice for sopping up gravy of different kinds. Mm. I mean, there's a classic where, like, you have cornbread and collards and, like, beans. and. Sure. Like, I'm not Southern, but, like, that's a thing people eat. Um, It's good with greens. Yeah, sounds, sounds nice. Ribs, you know, barbecue. Cornbread yeah. and barbecue, real good. Yeah. Yeah. God, you got me thinking about gravy now. What if you made a pulled pork sandwich on cornbread? On cornbread? Yeah. 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 I could see that being really nice. It would be messy. It would be. It would be so good. Yeah. That's the one thing. But I think if you maybe did like cornbread muffins instead of like a loaf cornbread, Mm, you could get a little bit more structural integrity there. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. That's an option too with the cornbread is to bake it into shapes. You can bake it into shapes. You know, instead of just doing a big old pan, you can do small. I've made cornbread in a madeleine pan. That sounds fun. Mm-hmm. What is that? You don't know what a madeleine pan is? No. Little yes. seashell shaped Those. cake. Those. There yeah, we go. So we had madeleine pans as when I was a kid. Sure. Who knows where they came from originally, but France. we had them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, babe. That was helpful. No, I mean, your dad was French. I don't know. Maybe he brought <laughs> them with him. No, I mean, genuinely. Yes, my parents lived in Paris for a couple of years in the 70s. It's very possible they came back with them. <laughs> Um, and they're cute. Cornbread madeleine are cute. Yeah, Even though I'd nice. probably, again, get kicked out of France for talking about this. But the French need to loosen up. The French don't eat corn. I want to make the French eat Cincinnati chili. You know, if the French start eating Cincinnati chili, they will loosen up. <laughs> Could you make a nice grilled cheese with cornbread? Absolutely. I just talked about yeah, this. because I feel like the sandwich you described before to me sounds like a grilled cheese, but just a little tarted up. Once again, I did it in a toaster oven because I was not allowed to make grilled cheese mm. in a pan. Why? Well, Greece. Um, I thought you were telling me you were going to get kicked out of Greece for it. I, I got <laughs> I kicked like, out of it. I'm just, I'm just banned from Europe at this point. I can't go to Europe. Nobody wants me there. <laughs> they have my face up at the border. Watch out, Giovanni. I'm coming for you. Giovanni's title as food crimes correspondent is slowly being uh, challenged Well, here. no, no. He can still be the correspondent because I'm not allowed in Europe. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I think we've kind of covered our bases, right? We've kind of covered like, our bases. Like cornbread is a nice basic little food, but it's so yeah, delightful. That's the thing. Oh, you know what? I do want to address, though, is cornbread mix, like cornbread from a box, sure. right? Like yep. Jiffy cornbread. It's not something I've done a lot of because, like, I'm a scratch baker. Um, I grew up in an ingredients household. But it gets a lot of flack. And I just want to say that, like, there's no reason for that. Like, mm. a boxed mix is literally just your dry ingredients are mixed for you. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with that. Nope. Sure, take a look at the ingredients, see if they're what you want to put in your cornbread. But, like, box mixes get way too much flack. And box mi- mixes get flack because they made life easier for housewives. Mm-hmm. That is why they get flack. Yep. Um, so like, don't buy that. I mean, do buy them if you want to, but like, don't buy that crap because literally like a boxed mix, when I worked in a bakery, we made our own baking mixes in advance to make the baking process faster. Yeah. Like we did exactly that. We mixed together all our dry ingredients in advance because it makes the process faster. So like make your jiffy cornbread who cares yeah if you like it that's all that matters that's it like if and if somebody wants to be snotty about it just tell them to bring the cornbread next time like fuck off yeah yeah so much this like that is what this show is about right this show is about how there is no bad food except for cincinnati chili you shut your mouth this is about how the class lines that divide us when it comes to food are bullshit 
Yeah, And exactly. we should not let the idea of something being processed or pre-made or pre-mixed or packaged be a reason that we think a food yeah. is bad or inherently less than something that is made from scratch. Well, here's something. I want to kick back to a thing you said earlier when you said that corn is refined into cornmeal. Sure. And I was like, eh, it's ground. Here's the thing. Cornmeal is processed. Sure. Cornmeal is a processed food. Sure. Okay? So, like... Processed literally just means you take the raw ingredient and you do something to it. Yeah. That is what processed food means. <laughs> okay. So like your can of tomatoes is processed food. Yeah. Your maple syrup is processed food. Mm-hmm. Your fucking table salt is processed food. It sure is. Um, your, your, what's the syrup that they make out of the cactuses? Uh, and then they're like, I'm not having sugar. Agave syrup. Agave syrup is processed food that's also really, really bad for the ecosystem. When people say processed food as shorthand for food that is easier to make, food that is more accessible, mm. you know, and then make that a bad thing, it's classist. We've mm-hmm, talked about mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. It's ableist. Mm-hmm. And it's also just, it's 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 not based in anything. Yeah. It's not based in anything. That's the thing, folks. You can be, you can get on our soapbox with us and be mad about the social side of it as much as you want to. Maybe you, maybe you don't give a shit about the yeah. classism yeah, yeah, or yeah, the yeah. ableism. That's fine. Whatever. Well. Uh. I mean, it's not fine, but you know, you do you. We're all on our own journey there. But even if you are someone who hears us go on these kind of rants and then, you know, bemoans us for us. our woke yeah. bullshit. <laughs> Even you can acknowledge that it's fucking stupid. Yeah. I mean, this reminds me of the little thing I said about organic food last week, right? Sure. Like, and this is this is kind of my my goal is to help everybody think critically about the words that people use around food. Yeah. Um, because processed food became kind of a media buzzword. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is something to like whole foods like like unprocessed foods are beautiful. Eating sure. fresh vegetables and fruits beautiful you know i love that i talk about that all the fucking time and yes like eating only like only one type of food is not good for you like yes we are creatures that are have developed for a diverse diet and we get our nutrients from a diverse source and so like yes diverse food sources are good for you and like this is a whole other thing but like once you become in a nice peaceful equilibrium with your appetites you will notice that you crave different kinds of food at Mm -hmm, different mm -hmm, times mm -hmm. i think when people talk about processed foods they'll be like oh like twinkies sure and it's like yes okay a twinkie is a highly processed food item sure a twinkie like the ingredients in a twinkie are mostly highly processed like the filling is i don't i'm not even sure what it is it's some kind of uh, fats that have been emulsified with sugar and yeah that's a highly processed food item um but you know what else is a highly processed food item is like a cliff bar sure that you're gonna eat when you go rock climbing and my point is just that the issue isn't the level of processing. Mm-hmm. Hominy is very processed, right? When you have corn that's been nixtamalized and and ground, that's several stages of processing. Sure. Maple sugar is extremely processed. Right. Coconut sugar, date sugar, these are highly processed ground food items. Ground beef. Ground beef, highly processed food item. If yeah. you really want to get into it, right? Yeah. 
Like yeah. ground beef, the cow has been killed and skinned and butchered and the beef has been cut down and put through the grinder. Yeah. And if you're getting kosher beef, it's also been drained a yeah. certain way. Like there is a sausages. lot. Yeah, oh God, sausages. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot that goes into everything that we eat. And so my point is just that processed is not a bad word. Yeah. So if what you mean is eating a diet that is mostly simple carbohydrates is not adequate for your metabolism. Yeah. Sure. sure. I sure. will take that. Yeah. Yes. You need other kinds of food also. Sure. But that is so many worlds away <laughs> from processed food is bad. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Yeah. Uh, use your box mixes. And like, oh my, like just read, like box mixes are like flour. Sometimes there's dehydrated egg, sugar, like sometimes there's powdered milk, your leavener, and then maybe some kind of preservative, but like not much because you don't need much of a preservative when everything's mm-hmm. dehydrated. Yeah. Like it's really, there's nothing bad in there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They're not hiding poisonous chemicals in box mixes. No, they're just making life <laughs> a little bit easier. Yeah. And there is nothing wrong. In fact, there is something very right about making life easier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The only thing that is even potentially a little bit wrong about convenience foods Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll put that in, we'll put box mixes in that kind of you know broad umbrella sure is that they are often the most affordable option by a long shot over yeah. the raw ingredients because of the shitty systems in yes. place and like that's not the fault of the convenience foods that's no. the fault of the shitty systems and like actually to that like i have you know i love to bake mm-hmm. I've made box mixes for like my kids' birthday cakes when we've been really tight on money. Yeah. And I can't afford to make a cake. Yeah. Like there's that. I love that you said convenience foods because I just want to make note that like when you're talking about quote unquote processed foods, take a minute and think to yourself, do I mean convenience foods? Mm -hmm. And how does that change the way I talk about this? Language is really important. Yeah. I'm not just saying this because I work in communications. Language is, <laughs> the words we use are really important around everything. And the words we use decide whether or not we're going to engage thoughtfully with something or just kind of toss it off. Mm-hmm. Changing the words that you use around something is really, in my opinion, the first step towards addressing personal biases. Mm. So if you're somebody, for example, who has just recognized that you maybe have some latent classism, which like frankly all of us do, no matter Ooh. how you grew up. Sure. All of us do. Yeah. That's one way to start. Mm-hmm. Is just like, hey, what words am I using around people who have less or people who have more? Or myself and my own history. Yeah, and how can I change that? And same with ableism. Like, how can I change the way I talk about this? Just think about that and make your cornbread however you want to because it'll make you happy. That's it. (laughs) The best cornbread is the cornbread you're eating right now. Amen. All right. That brings us to the end of our show. The final crumb of the cornbread here on No Bad Food. Thank you so much for listening. Do you want to be part of the conversation? Hit us up on the socials at No Bad Food Pod and individually at Teffer Bear and at Tom Zalatni. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and donate. For as little as $1 a month, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Chantal H., Gab, Thomas, Erica, Andrew, Chantal T., David, Mallory, Sarah, Nell, Carolyn, Rachel, and Aslam. 
Patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. If that's exciting for you, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make it happen. We also have merch. You can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our friends over at Podcavern. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Uh, maybe share it with a friend who makes the best cornbread you've ever had. Or share it with a friend who likes Cincinnati chili. Our theme music is by Zach Course Grind Ingles, and our cover art is by David Cornhub Premium Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but not least, this show is produced by Tom Zalatni and me, Tefera Jemian, and edited by Tom Zalatni, who is currently giggling their ass off about what they call David Flam as part of the Podcavern Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. See you next week. It just takes a little time It takes a little time It takes a little time with me I hope you don't mind We'll take it slow this time No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Five years, four seasons, two miniseries. It all comes together in the epic finale of Moonbase Theta Out. Hello again, Moonbaseians. It's just too much to keep under control here. Our position is on the moon. We are in possession of the moon bases. That is where we intend to remain and despite you. I was trying to fix things. Get your fists up, Michelle. We're going to end this one way or another. There is nowhere on the moon that you can hide. We will be visiting your position soon. This message is for Dr. Ashrini Ray and Roger Brigado Fisher. Your messages have been received, and we recognize your struggle. Let's move. We could message everyone, everywhere. What did I miss? Sorry, love. It's a busy day at the end of the moon. We've been through the end of so many things, but we're still here. Moonbase Theta Out, the series finale, August 20th and September 3rd, 2023. Report. Set collection. Discrepancy straight-lined, Moth said. Meet Moth. Moth travels everywhere and every when in search of often deadly discrepancies and tries to make sense of the briefs she gets from collection. There were holes in the brief, you know. I don't like that. The Moth Collection Podcast. It's science fiction with a little bit of horror. It's weird and funny and romantic. And there won't be another season. 14 episodes and that's it, people. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by Podcavern.